But if you're under an influence of a lot of folks who are getting divorced and have that as their value, that can seep into your value system as well. So just be on alert and be ready. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Harvey. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. This is a recording from a live Operation Thriving Marriage Experience that we did at New Life Church back in May of 2022. We had such a wonderful time there, and the participants that were there just gave us so much energy, and we always have a good time uh, doing these live events because of that energy and also uh, because we're able to interact uh, with the participants. We're able to do the Q&As, and uh, we're also able to hear their stories as well. So we're looking forward to more live events at your church, at military bases, and at retreats. So I hope you enjoy it, and don't forget to rate and subscribe. This morning, going on with how we're going to deal with those unexpectations, how we're going to catch those little foxes, is something we call team marriage. Woo! Go team! (laughs) So team marriage, first of all, just want you to know, we think about teams a lot. My favorite team is the Red Wings. Um, They are still suffering for a long, long time, but I still believe in the Iser plan. He's going to do it. We're going to see Red Wing dominance again. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) And then Jen's team, of course, her favorite team is Chip and Joanna Gaines. Of HGTV. (laughs) Yeah. So, and our, our children like to compare us to them because Jen is brilliant and talented and I'm just kind of a big dork. So that's kind of how it works in our family as well. But here, when you think about it, teams are essential to a lot of different things in our lives. We've experienced teams almost since the beginning, right? In elementary school, when you're out there on the playground and they're picking teams. And for some of us, that was a good experience. For others of us, me, that was the last guy on the fence because I have no athletic skill. Oh. That's, but it was still, you experienced being part of a team early on. And we've heard many times, if you want to go fast, go alone. Because if you want to get something done quickly, trying to get the whole team behind you and get heard of these cats to do something, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. If you want to accomplish something big, go together. Well, the same is true in marriage. If you want to get to the end of your marriage fast, go ahead, go alone. One person can get to the end of a marriage very quickly. But if you want to have a thriving marriage, if you want to have the kind of marriage that God intends for you, then it requires doing it together, being a team. And so using research, um, there's a book, The Case for Marriage. If you haven't um, seen that book, it's um, a little dated now in the sense that they haven't been able to get more research, but um, there's a really good book, The Case for Marriage, uh, by Linda Waite and Maggie Gallagher. And they took this research and followed couples over decades, how these couples grew, what were the benefits, the pitfalls of being married. Um, they also looked at couples that were cohabitating. They looked at all these different couples and what were the benefits. And one of the things they found that married couples accomplish more relationally, professionally, than even cohabitating couples. It's that marriage relationship, building that team, where they're actually able to, you you can see statistically over and over when we look at the research, that married couples do better in their careers, they make more money, their households are more stable, and they're happier. And it's because of that team 
relationship that they build in their marriage. That's very true. And what I think is kind of cool is when you guys were getting dressed this morning, you provided us with a fantastic illustration that we never planned. So what are your names? Angela and Lawrence and Angela, check them out, you guys. They are like ready to roll in their team. Go blue. Go blue gear. So thank you very much. And, and that's how we should all be about our own marriages and in supporting people's marriages, whether it's within your family, um, your extended family, within your community, within your church, amongst your friends, you're going to be those really big cheerleaders. And it's just an awesome kind of thing. We didn't even plan this. So the Holy Spirit's <laughs> doing something when you're getting dressed this morning. He's on the move, my friends, which is great. And God is always going to be that great example of teamwork. You know, we've heard about the dream team when they're putting together like an Olympic team or they're putting together a basketball team that's going to go on to win a championship. But our original dream team is going to be God because again, it's three distinct persons in that one trinity, and that is healthy teamwork. I'm sure we can all come up with examples of unhealthy teamwork, maybe in the workplace. Maybe you've seen some of these things in your extended family, or maybe you've seen some unhealthy patterns in your marriage. And I love that you're identifying those because you see what those are, and then you're able to do something about it and make that work. So there's a lot of examples of the Trinity working together as a team, and they're dividing the responsibilities. So it's not just God the Father doing everything, or Jesus the Son doing everything, or the Holy Spirit doing everything. And I'll give you a good example of this just in the work of salvation. So we know that the Father loved us, and he ordained that salvation was going to happen. The Son conquered sin and death on the cross and provided that means of salvation to us. And of course, the Holy Spirit who applies salvation to us by leading us, by continually transforming us and being that seal on us. And team marriage is that amazing, essential component of addressing these little foxes that Brian and I keep talking about, because we want you to address these little foxes in your marriage before they get big. We want you to grab them, and we want you to get rid of those and replace those with what God wants for you so that you can be building that thriving marriage. So there's a couple essential elements, essential aspects of a healthy team. And these apply to all teams, but specifically they apply to our marriages. And the first is presuming goodwill. Presuming that the people on your team are in it together and they want the same goals. You know, so, and that's more than just simple trust. You know, there's one thing you talk about not when we're telling um, my son plays baseball, and one of the things we tell the pitchers is throw strikes, trust your defense. We're trying to teach these, I mean, because they're throwing balls all over the place. Just throw strikes. Don't worry. If they hit the ball, it's okay. Trust your defense. Trust your team. But presuming goodwill goes beyond merely trusting. Presuming goodwill in marriage acknowledges that your spouse might let you down, but they intended good. They weren't trying to ruin things. They made a mistake, but whatever happens, we know, I mean, we've been living with each other. We've been building these relationships. We know we're going to let our spouse down. We know our spouse is going to let us down at some point. We're not perfect. We're, we're fouled and we're just, we're contingent beings. There's only so much we can do. 
we have limits, and sometimes we extend ourselves beyond those limits. In the military, we, we have this phrase that we use, at least in my unit, um, writing a check you can't cash. I said I'd do that, but actually I'm un- unable to accomplish that. And we often write checks to our spouses that we can't cash. Well, we didn't intend for that to be bad. So starting with the presumption of goodwill, they did not intend for this to be bad, but we know that it's going to happen. At some point, we're going to be let down. At some point, they're not going to be able to pull off what we wanted to them. There's going to be that unexpectation that wasn't met. And so now we're dealing with that. So it's acknowledged that they're going to let us down, but they wanted it for good. So think about this also in the context of, again, my son's little league team. Uh, Young athletes, especially the ones that tend to be a little bit more skilled or talented than the others, will see someone make a play and they'll miss the play. Well, why did you do that? Why didn't you catch the ball? The ball was right there. It's like, okay, let's, come here, guys, come here, guys, come here, guys. Did you really think that he was trying to get three runs for the other team by missing that ball in the outfield? You think he wanted the other? No. Okay. So yeah, he made a mistake, but that outfielder is just as committed to you winning the game as you are. So instead of getting down on the guy, he he missed catch. How bad do you think he felt he missed the catch and there were three runs coming in? He already feels bad. And if you start yelling at him for missing that catch, now he's got all that in his head and he's not going to be able to get the ball, not going to throw the relay. And maybe we can save one of those runs, but you're yelling at him because, and making him feel bad that he missed the play. He's not trying to ruin the game. Same way in our marriages. We've got to presume that they are not trying to ruin our marriage. They're not trying to screw up. Yet we hear that oftentimes when we, in couples we coach. Well, it's like, and it's one of those, the difference in premarital counseling and then marriage coaching when there's a crisis. Premarital counseling, they come in, oh, he always, she always, and then they come in for coaching, well, he always and she always. That presumption of goodwill changes. So there's some ways that we presume ill will and we don't even realize what's going on. Um, one of them is thinking our spouse doesn't care as much about the marriage as we do. Now, we'll get this in our mind. Something happened. Something's not going the way it should in the household. Or they're spending more time at work than we think they ought. Or they're spending more time in hobbies than we think they ought. And this thought process becomes, I'm so busy with taking care of our marriage and I'm trying to serve them and do this and do that. And they just don't care as much about the marriage as I do. It's presuming ill will. That's one of those thoughts you have to capture. You have to take hold of those thoughts. Say, wait a minute. I'm I'm going to presume that they care as much about the marriage. Maybe this is a conversation we need to have, but I'm going to presume goodwill. Um, Like with work, that is helping the family. Every time someone gets a promotion, a success in work helps the family because now all all that's happening. You know, so uh, when I deployed, I was gone for six months and that was really hard on Jen and she'll share some stories about that. But I was in the Middle East for six months during COVID. 
So that was interesting. It was a crazy thing because, you know, all the political crazy that was going on and whatnot, there was actually a political alliance that happened. President Trump agreed with Governor Whitmer to send Brian to the Middle East. The only time they ever agreed on anything, apparently. That's right. (laughs) But so Jen's dealing with all that, but it was good for our family because that deployment, um, I made a little extra money while we was gone, so we were able to use that for some expenses. I put myself in a better position to advance my military career. So there was a lot of sacrifice that Jen and the children had to make while I was gone. And they sacrificed way more than I did. Anyone will tell you in in the military, the family staying home sacrifices more than the member leaving. They've got to deal with all that, but you get there and you're, you're just engaged. It's like, it, there are people that would rather deploy than be at home because it's easier. Even though you're in danger, there's things going on that we don't talk about. But it's simple because you get up, go to work, you're exhausted at the end of the day because you're working 12, 16-hour days. You go back to your room, go to sleep, you get up and you do it again. So we could presume that, oh, Brian's just trying to get away from COVID and politics and stuff and just go to the Middle East. And, and it's we just couldn't be e- all go. <laughs> it's just going to be easier. But Jen knew, hey, this is going to help our family. We've got to presume goodwill in that. Sometimes too, though, spouses will think that their spouse is actively sabotaging their marriage, you know? Oh, that's exactly it. And I think that that's a big trap that we fall into. And I think that that's something where the reality is Satan is out to get your marriage. Satan wants your marriage to fail. And he uses the same tricks and tactics that he's been using all the way along. And just as we keep going on as peoples, we need to find out what these are. And they're really easy to do just looking at things. Some of those temptations, some of those ideas that are going to be set in your mind, those are not going to be from God if that's something that is talking negatively about your spouse or your relationship because these negative planted seeds grow into toxicity and ultimately can choke out the marriage. That's part of what these little foxes are. And I think some examples are my husband, my wife is not doing their fair share at home. What does fair share mean, first of all? Does that mean that the responsibilities have to be divided 50-50? That might make a lot of sense based on what your work schedule is and what your home schedule is. Maybe that makes no sense depending on where your work schedule and your home schedule is. Did you and your spouse commit to certain chores and tasks at some point in time early on in your marriage, but it's changed and you haven't talked about it and your spouse thinks everything is absolutely fine? Or does your spouse maybe think that there's something off, but you don't? These are things that you need to keep talking about and keep revisiting um, because we don't want to, I don't think anybody here would want their spouse to be thinking, gosh, you know, my, my spouse isn't doing their fair share of things at home. What about contribution financially to the household? We see a lot of things in couples that we coach saying, you know, I don't think my spouse is contributing enough to the household financially speaking. Does it make sense for a spouse to be a stay-at-home spouse to be taking care of kids at some point in time? Does that make sense forever? Does that make sense for a long-term period or a short-term kind of period? I don't know what the answer is going to be for your individual marriage because you are going to be the architect of what that is and what makes the most sense. But 
if there's some resentment that's brewing there, it's good to be talking about these things because, again, we don't want this little bit of resentment to grow up into something big. And then you start thinking the worst of your spouse, not just in that area, but in other areas. Another thing is um, undermining your spouse in front of extended family members or in front of kids. That's a really big no-no. I think we can all agree with that, but sometimes people don't understand what undermining can be or to kind of more in the aggregate or to the individual spouse. Because sometimes people will say, well, contradicting me in front of the kids is undermining me. And I think we can agree on that. But I think sometimes people trying to maybe defend their spouse in front of extended family, that might sound like undermining. Um, For example, if it's just like, hey, you know, my my wife, my husband does not cook this kind of dish when you come over because it's a complicated kind of thing. That spouse might be saying, I, I want to enjoy the visit. I don't want to put a lot of pressure on my spouse to do this certain kind of cooking, but that could read as undermining the spouse. And we definitely don't want that to happen. So be in dialogue. And I think a lot of times to bring up some of these things It's wise to not accuse and presume that negative will. It's good to presume that goodwill instead and be able to communicate and say, you know what, I'm sure you didn't mean for this to happen, but when you said this thing, when you did this action, I felt very undermined or this hurt my feelings because just to make sure you keep that dialogue open because your spouse probably didn't mean for that negative effect to happen. But nevertheless, sometimes behaviors need to change so that you have the outcome and your spouse has the outcome that continues to build into that team marriage. What about preventing your spouse from doing things that are more personally fulfilling. So Brian and I had talked about this a little bit with his deployment, that six-month deployment from July 2020 to January 2021. It was all kinds of crazy at home. And let me just say, the trope about the military is when the military spouse deploys, everything breaks. And it did. So it was my, it started off with my son kicked off his shoe and it broke the storm window. I think the neighbor kid might've done it, but they were friends. Jonathan may have been covering from him at the end of the day. It was broken. The ice maker ended up breaking. The microwave ended up breaking. And I think the biggest thing that happened was there was a pipe that went from the kitchen in the, for the dishwasher and the sink to drain out. And 15 feet of pipe underneath our house that was born in 19, or born in, built in 1961, ended up being clogged. So the plumbers had to come out and jackhammer open the basement floor, and all of this piping had to be replaced. And it was just a crazy kind of thing. And I remember my mother-in-law calling me and my sister-in-law texting me, hey, how are things going? And I'm like, it's great, because guess what? I don't want to be sharing this and get the, oh, I feel so bad for you kind of feedback, especially since my mother-in-law is in Tennessee and there's not a thing that she could do about it. And it's funny, and even in the moment, we've got a, a picture of the entire basement like that, or a good part of the basement being ripped open. And I had Jonathan pose with his baseball bat over it as if he had done it, right? Um, Because we we just have a riot with it. But it, it is something where I needed to make sure that I was always presuming goodwill. It's not like Brian created 
all of this crazy happening. It's not like Brian intended this or wanted it. And in some ways, I was just like, should I even say anything? Because I know he's going to feel bad, and I don't want to distract from his mission. But the idea of that oneness was just so important to us. Of course, I'm letting him know, and I'm letting him know, you know, this is going to be handled. What's great is God is omnipresent. He's all over the place. He's with you in the Middle East. He's with me in Michigan. And this is going to work out, even though I'm going through some tough times. So please pray for me. And we were also in a good spot where God hooked us up, where we were able to video chat uh, every night. And that was really a cool thing so that we could have that connectivity. So we felt kind of spoiled because not all military families are able to do that. Now, something that you should notice in all that. Did you notice all the unexpectations and all these things that she was sharing about how we can inadvertently presume ill will? All those little unexpectations that come in. But another thing that's really important is when you're presuming goodwill, it is your responsibility to ensure your friends and family also presume goodwill in your spouse. How many times have you shared something or been in a conversation and someone has complained about something at home and then a friend or family member, loving that person dearly starts complaining about their spouse. Oh, your spouse should have done this. Oh, your spouse should have done that. It is your responsibility to ensure that goodwill is presumed to those people closest to you because your friends are going to impact your future. Your family, the people around are going to impact your future. And that negative ill will, do not let that seep into your marriage. Your marriage is your marriage. So if someone you're looking at division of labor and how does that work? Our family is very different from my family growing up because my dad worked outside the home. He was in the army 21 years and my mom for most of my life was a stay-at-home mom. And so she spent a lot of time caring for the home, doing those things while my dad was away at work. Well, our family is very, very different and I spend a lot more time taking care of school responsibilities and home and children than my dad did because our schedules were different. It's not okay for someone to tell us, this is what the man of the house does. It's not okay for your friends, your family to tell you, this is what the man of the house, this is the woman of the house does. No, you are the couple. It is your marriage. And you've got to make sure that you're not allowing other people to presume ill will or influence you to presume ill will in your spouse as well. You need to presume goodwill and you need to control that and be responsible for that for your relationships as well as in your marriage. And sometimes too, you do need to pull a friend aside or pull a family member aside and remind them of what their role is in your marriage. They're supposed to be your cheerleaders. They're supposed to be encouraging you and encouraging you as a couple. And of course, there are situations that can come about if there is adultery, if there's abuse, um, if there's some addiction. Of course, friends are going to point out some of these things. And maybe that's something that at, at that point in time, that would need individual counseling, that would need couples counseling. Counseling. But I think that by and large, if you've got friends or family members who are being negative uh, with about your spouse, about your marriage, it's something that you really need to address. And that's actually a little fox in that, that relationship with that extended individual that needs to be weeded out because that could do a lot of damage on your marriage. What's interesting is um, I did a divorce case uh, where I was representing a client back in 2005. And it was a situation where this gentleman showed up in my office and he was just in tears. He did not want to get divorced, but his wife filed for divorce. And there just wasn't a thing that could be done about that, even though I did 
plead with the wife's attorney to see if reconciliation could be pursued, and that was absolutely refused. So at that point in time, we're just trying to get that equitable division of assets. And it was an interesting thing because he told me that his wife was hanging out in a group of female friends where they all started getting divorced. So it's kind of like that influence went through this friend group. And of course, I'm sure all of us have friends, have family members who have gotten divorced, and that doesn't mean we give up on them or walk away from them. We want them to continue to grow in Christ, or if they're not in Christ yet, do what we can do to point the way to Christ. But if you're under an influence of a lot of folks who are getting divorced and have that as their value, that can seep into your value system as well. So just be on alert and be ready uh, for that too. Because presuming ill will between you and your spouse is always, always, always going to damage your marriage. And I think that just some examples that uh, we have just in relating to that presumption of goodwill, you guys are going to love this. Okay, I'm a lawyer now. We could throw out some guesses as to what I did in college and law school work-wise. Anybody want to give a gander? Because this is hilarious, and I don't think anybody's going to get it. Okay, so what I did... I worked for a children's entertainment agency, okay? I, this is great. I was Barney. I was Winnie the Pooh. I was Minnie Mouse. Um, I was the, part of the Power Rangers. It was like all spandex, so we called it the naked costumes. It was in the 90s, right? So go, go, Power Rangers. Um, SpongeBob SquarePants. I was Buttons the Clown. I was also uh, Michigan's most requested female magician because I got my tuxedo, and it was like all kinds of fun. We even pulled that up for one of Brenda's birthday parties. Tuxedo still fits. Um, <laughs> so it, it's, it's one of those things where there what we did in the office when people were calling in and booking the jobs, old technology in the 90s, to make our performers' schedules what they were, we were getting things into a written calendar. But if you've got two sales reps who are booking shows for kids' birthdays parties at the same time, and they're booking same day, same time slot, and there's only a limited amount of people who can do that, that's a problem if you're trying to book the same kind of slot. And sometimes that's going to be bad timing, but it's not like any other office worker was trying to sabotage the other, right? So we have to have that presumption of goodwill where it's not like, no, Tara was trying to, you know, burn me really badly because I was trying to, you know, book like, you know, some sort of Winnie the Pooh situation with Tigger, but Tigger now couldn't be there, right? So, you know, that's kind of how that goes. What, what about sports, Right. I, I think sometimes, as Brian had kind of mentioned about our Jonathan playing in baseball, what if somebody's a ball hog? I think we've all seen that in professional sports that we've watched, as well as college sports and kids' sports. Maybe somebody's being a ball hog um, because they don't trust the team, or maybe they just really like playing and they, they have good ability and, and they're trying to really win the day for the team. But presuming the worst does not allow for the opportunity to hear the truth of what's going on. Because again, if, if you've got Satan who is planting some really toxic seeds in your mind that you're letting sprout out, you're going to be unable to hear the truth and also putting up that wall to be blocked off from hearing your spouse. We don't want that to happen to your marriage. And I think sometimes it also comes along with 
maybe a menu or a time frame for hosting that family holiday. So sometimes it's, hey, spouse, do you think I can't handle this? Do you think I don't want to do this? Do you think I don't feel like I'm invested in the family and don't want to be involved with that? Brian and I were even talking about a situation in our extended family where there's a family member who's widowed. Her brother lives an hour and a half away from her. She's away from all other family, but he hasn't been reaching out to her to help. And we'd love to see that happen. However, we're not sure what their relationship is and how she treated him, how she treated his wife. Maybe he feels very unwelcome and unable to be involved because he believes that she doesn't want him there. We want these assumptions to be dropped and we want things to work out where people are communicating and creating that connectivity or at least that opportunity for connectivity there. So you see in every team, right, you need to presume goodwill. Whatever team you've ever been on, whether it's a work team, a sports team, and certainly in your marriage, if you don't presume goodwill, if you presume that the other people on the team, you presume your spouse is not in it to win it, if they're not there to be a part of the team, then that creates problems in the team. That creates problems. I mean, we hear over and over. It's very entertaining to listen to sports radio and hear about how that one player is the cancer in the locker room. It's just, I mean, it's entertaining because I'm just mean, I guess. Um, but it's the, boy soap operas. It, it kind of is. It, it is. So, I mean, just yesterday, they were talking about um, they're talk NFL on the radio, and they are talking about OBJ. If you don't know who it is, that's okay. He's a player. He's a wide receiver. Say, don't bring him in until halfway through the season so he doesn't have enough time to ruin your locker room because he's still really talented and catch the ball and help you win games, but you don't want him at the beginning of the season because he's going to ruin your locker room. You know? <laughs> it's just this presumption of ill will. And so to have a successful team, we have to have presumption of goodwill, and that's every team. And in your marriage, it's essential that you presume that your spouse is in it with you. The other thing is focusing on each other's needs. Focusing on each other's needs. We have, um, think of this idea of you and your spouse carrying a bucket of balls. Imagine that in your mind. You both got a bucket of tennis balls, right? Now think of if your goal is to keep your bucket full no matter what. And so you've got to get the tennis balls out of your spouse's bucket into your bucket. What would you do if the goal is, I've, I need to keep my bucket full no matter what? What would that look like? You'd have tennis balls everywhere, wouldn't you? And eventually, both buckets would end up empty because you'd rather throw, you're trying to get that, and you're going to drop it and grab another one trying to get it in your bucket. And they end up everywhere. Now, think of it this way. Same bucket of tennis balls, both of you. Now your job is to keep your spouse's bucket full. How does that look different? Your job is to keep your spouse's bucket. And we've seen this, we've played this before. And what happens is by the time you get through, the spouse has the tennis ball and they just start going like this. Because they don't want to take a bucket, they don't want to take any, and they just hand the ball back and forth to each other. See, you've got to focus when you're both focusing on each other's needs then you're both meeting those needs. Now, oftentimes, couples, because they have real needs, we all have real needs. And so when we start focusing on meeting our needs, we start trying to pull these needs out of our spouse. But if we focus on pushing those needs in, if you've got two people pushing together, that creates stronger relationship. You know, just if you think of engineering, you've got two forces pulling apart. 
eventually whatever you're trying to do, you've got to buttress that to keep those forces from causing it to collapse. If you have two forces pushing in on each other of equal strength, it makes that structure stronger. That's why arches work in, in architecture. You have forces going together, and you have that one stone in the middle that's strong enough to hold them up, and that keeps everything together. We need to focus on each other's needs. And like I said, this is true in every team, every relationship. Think about um, if you're in a work team, and one person is responsible for getting the supplies, another person is responsible for this other part. If one of those team members doesn't do their job, everything falls apart. I need to make sure I bring the supplies, not because I need to look good, it's because the rest of the team fails if I don't do my part. So I need to focus on the needs of the other members of the team, not just on what I want. So in a thriving marriage, both spouses must constantly work at focusing on and meeting each other's needs. That's the only way you're going to have that thriving team marriage. So good teams presume goodwill. In a marriage, if you want to have a strong team marriage, you want to deal with the unexpectations, the first thing is presume goodwill. And the other is focus on each other's needs. Focus on each other's needs. Talk about your team right now. Talk about how well are you presuming goodwill in each other? What are the things you're doing? How well are you presuming goodwill? Talk about when is it easy to presume goodwill? And talk about when it's hard to presume goodwill. What are the things that make it hard to presume goodwill? Then I also want you to share with your spouse a need you are feeling now or a need you have felt that was going unmet. Talk about those needs. What are those needs that maybe it was in the past or maybe there's something right now you're feeling, hey, this need isn't being met. And then have a conversation together and talk about how are you together going to meet those needs that you have. We hope you enjoyed this replay of our live Operation Thriving Marriage Experience. And we're ready to come to you to do an Operation Thriving Marriage Experience with your church or with your ministry. To get more information, you can go to operationthrivingmarriage.com.